They say it never happens. Former FBI who also claims to be an alien abductee. They say it isn't real. The government knows about it. But Friday, agents Mulder and Scully will discover the terrifying truth. What is this thing, Mulder? Don't miss the most thrilling X-Files ever. Friday at 9, 8 central on Fox. You can't destroy Barry anymore! This is It Happened One Year, a look back at the events big and small, famed and forgotten from... Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Woohoo! We're doing it again! <laughs> We're back. I mean, <laughs> this is still happening. I, mean, I like, you know... I feel like we start every show the same way, but it's always with a sense of wonder that we, for some reason, have pulled it together and are managing to do it again. Yeah, yeah. We are still interested. I think maybe there are people out there who are still interested. I hope so. Some people are listening. My parents have stopped bringing it up, so I don't know if they've stopped listening or not. (laughs) I love that your parents have checked out. They're like, that's enough. But I'm guessing it was probably Michael Moore, Michael Moore, Michael Moore. <laughs> they were like, no more of this. No, I can't with this. And that was like episode three, four. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they have decided that enough was too much. <laughs> um, not not this anymore. Done. Yeah. Yeah, well, they can't all be winners. Yeah, I can't please everyone. Well, they're gonna get back on board when we have them doing episodes when we go visit at the end of July or whatever that is. Yeah. So I hope they're ready to talk about, I don't know, Three Ninjas or uh, the Mighty Ducks. I don't know what I don't know what else. How far down the 1994 like rabbit hole we've been that we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for topics by then. Yeah, we're gonna have to sit your dad down, you know, make him watch quiz show and then just (laughs) go from there. (laughs) So tonight we're doing uh, we're doing another dealer's choice. Now, you'll remember in the past uh, the dealer's choices we've done one. We were on vacation. The other one was an unnamed holiday. Because I usually find that like we have preparation and then we'll do things. We'll have discussions about what we're going to do. Yep. But when we try to cram in episodes on like days where we clearly shouldn't be doing this, uh, we have these dealers choice. And today is one of those days. Yes. And so what it is, is we have just reached the point this week where we are two weeks beyond vaccination. So we can do anything we want to do. Yes. Anything we want. Yeah. Today is technically the first Saturday that we are both fully vaccinated and we went to Target. We did. It was great. Yeah. I would say I think we accomplished a lot today, despite the fact that uh, we didn't do anything. Yeah. We went to Target and didn't buy anything at Target. Nope. So amazing. You know how hard that is, uh, uh, listeners. (laughs) I mean, Target is Target. Any human being should know how difficult that is. I mean, look, we haven't actually taken time to wander. I mean, we're still wearing masks because we're not, yeah. no matter what the CDC says, we're, we're not insane. We're still wearing masks. I don't want people but, to think that I'm anti-mask. Yes. I want people to know that I care about their safety. But it was, I would say, probably the first time that we were able to just wander and be okay with that uh, in a store. And we amazingly did not buy anything 14 Nothing. months after the last time we must have wandered around Target. The last time I distinctly remember being in Target, we were trying to find Clorox wipes because there was no toilet paper. Like, that's the last time we went into a Target, I think. Yeah, I think I literally think it was last April. It was like yeah. right when this started and we bought a puzzle. Because remember, we had to find where the puzzles were because they were near board, yes. but they were like tucked away in a corner. You know. Yes, but we were like, this could go on for a month or two. We should get some puzzles. <laughs> 
Yeah, we did not buy enough puzzles, but no. we did eventually get enough puzzles. Don't worry, everybody. We've got puzzles. So many puzzles. Yeah. But yeah, so that was what we did. Uh, we went to the movies two days ago. We're going to the movies again tomorrow because now we can. We can. Where tonight we could should clearly be doing something. It's Saturday, vaccinated, the world's our oyster. And instead, I was like, hey, let's make sure we get an episode in for the listeners, for the people. <laughs> and so... The only option was another dealer's choice. If you're keeping score at home, if you're you're tracking this, uh, I am down uh, zero to two. Yes. In the dealer's choices, yeah. uh, yet to win one. Yes. So, so if you win, do you know what you're going to pick? Oh, absolutely. I'm ready yeah. to go. I got right. it. I got it locked and loaded. Yeah. So I hope you're prepared. Oh, I'm prepared. Well, let's give it a shot. The odds are in my favor. So here we go. Let's give it a little spin. Of a Columbus. Come on. Yes. Sarah again. <laughs> One more time. Incredibly lucky for me. Ugh. So All good. right. All right. I got? hope you're ready because we're going deep down the Sarah catalog. Uh, oh, no. If you're listening to this, you probably know about me because you are a close personal friend or family member. But if you happen to be listening to this and you don't actually know me, my favorite television show of all time was on the air in 1994. And that show is The X-Files. Uh, it started in 1993, so we're not talking about the pilot or anything crazy like that. But in 1994, the probably like most important plotline of the show began through a two-part episode. So that's what we're going to talk about. 1994, Dwayne Barry and Ascension, the two-parter in which Scully gets abducted. And it kind of sets up the plot for the rest of the show, really. And I mean, I can't think of a more momentous event to happen on television in 1994 or anywhere ever. That's it. That's, That's the it. whole list. Yeah. Uh, this is also a pretty significant, if, if it can be said that it's one of the more significant X-Files episodes in our lives, you and I, which I think is interesting because oh, yes. I think there's actually a couple that you could point to weirdly because this is who you are. <laughs> But this one also, there's a lot of actual stuff between us and these yeah. episodes. So I think that'll be interesting as well. Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about that. Um, okay, so let me set this up for folks. If you're not familiar with the X-Files, honestly, if you're not a little bit familiar with the X-Files, what are you doing? Go watch it. It's great. And also, this episode is probably not going to be very enjoyable for you. Um, but if you <laughs> might be are, good to stop now. You might, be, you might want to stop now. So, you know, show two FBI agents, aliens. That's basically the, the plot. But there is a, if you dig past that, like, first level... A lot of the like running plot of the show is this idea that there's a government conspiracy to I'm not going to get too deep into the government conspiracy because it's a little confusing. But basically, the government may or may not be working with aliens to do tests on humans and ultimately like to help the aliens colonize the planet and save their own friends and family members. Just high level yeah um but of the two main characters they set up the kind of natural you know skeptic believer thing you know and that's how they start out the show right and i think that was their plan but they do end up complicating it quite a bit in season two when the skeptic gets abducted by aliens or something. interesting twist interesting twist and so this really sets up what i think is the complexity of the characters going forward because you start to like 
develop Scully's character because, you know, it's hard to be a skeptic if you've actually been abducted. It makes it harder, I would say. <laughs> she goes missing. She might be dead. It sort of deepens their connection and relationship uh, going forward through the course of the show. So, so Dwayne Barry and Ascension, you've seen it. What do you think? Uh, it's good. <laughs> so like a lot of shows, I, I didn't think the X-Files really got good basically until this set of episodes like i think season one is okay but season one they really are figuring a lot of stuff out and it's real creaky because it's like 93 network you know th there's a lot to that but even though there's a couple good individual episodes uh, in in season one and these were episodes like five and six right so these yeah. are very early in season very two. early season two yeah um they aired in the i think it was the middle of october so mm -hmm. like, uh, just about two weeks before nbc did their blackout thursday <laughs> We're covering TV from October and November of that year. But I, I think that this is actually when, as far as I'm concerned, this is really when the show started to take off. Because I also I think they figured out what they wanted to do in a lot of ways. Because I don't know that the other conspiracies stuff before this really starts to lay out who the players are in, in a lot of ways. It's kind of just Mulder and the government. And that's it, you know? Yeah, I, I actually, so I disagree with that a little bit. I, well, I disagree with both parts of that. I guess. Fair sorry, enough. Sorry, friend. Um, I think seasons one and two both had this really dramatic difference between episodes. Like, I think through the end of season two, you get really strong episodes and you get some like truly terrible episodes. Like some of the worst episodes uh, in the entire series happened late season two. Um, and so I think it is figuring out the tone and the episodes that end up being not so great are these episodes that are just like random, scary idea, one-off standalone episodes where the idea is kind of dumb. Like the, the, the bugs that exploded in the volcano or no, those are two different episodes. The bugs that exploded on people and spread a virus, a little weird. Uh -huh. The the machine that went down into the volcano and there was a ghost, like just <laughs> random stuff that just really didn't work. That does continue through the rest of the series, but it's really like 60% of them in seasons one and two are not great and 40% are amazing. So um, the other thing from my perspective about this show, because I didn't watch it when it was first on. So I've only seen it in in these more recent years, in more recent years that I've known you the last 20 years. Like, <laughs> this is when I know this show, right? I've always been a fan of the standalone episodes of this show. I don't really like the conspiracy because it's so confusing. And and I don't think they knew what they were doing. Like, I think they kept changing it because they got tired of it or it got so convoluted that they had to throw it away. And I feel like the first season's, the best stuff is the conspiracy stuff because I don't think the standalones were that good. Like, yeah, that's fair. Once you get to season three, the standalones are great. And yeah. that, and then that carries through for a long time. So I think that that's why I'm always a little bit like seasons one and two are sort of janky because I'm yeah. not a big fan of the conspiracy. But I do think the conspiracy is pretty solid. It's on pretty solid ground in season two because at least like, again, I think the players are pretty well defined. Like, yeah, there's a lot of double crosses and a lot of that goes on in these episodes. Yeah. But I think at least that's there as a basis. Yeah, I do think they had a, a decent picture in season one because you had the the cigarette smoking man. Um, he didn't have any lines in season one, but you have him as this. But you also have Deep Throat and like Deep Throat is this like by the time you get to. I mean, do we have to say spoiler alert? We're going to spoil a bunch of stuff in this episode. If again, this came out in 1993. You should have watched it if you wanted yeah, to. By you've, now, had, yeah. you've had plenty of time. But by the time, you know, they, you've got Deep Throat. And by the time Deep Throat dies at the end, like he's 
connected and tied into like they know he's an informant and the government like they they start to work it out in the end of season one and then to your point as the conspiracy evolves like it becomes very hard to track because they do just change it to the point where you're like okay I, I was trying to think today as we were wa- re-watching these episodes, like, did she actually get abducted by aliens or was it just the government? Like, right. we must find that out at some point. But we found it out, I think, in both ways. And so I think where I landed was she was abducted by aliens, but the government facilitated it. And I think that's where it lands. But it, it's confusing. No, it is. And I think that that's in, in in the wide scope of the show. Once you you're it's over and you can look at the sweep of the show, even if you don't count the later seasons, the reboot seasons, which really yeah. complicate things. Yeah. You know, I, I still think that the, the early seasons are, are good table setting. Like it does make sense. But until the cigarette smoking man's a real character on this show and not just hanging around smoking, I don't think the show really gets going. Like I like Jerry Harden. I like Deep Throat. I think he's yeah. fun, but. I think that it's always a little he's not the bad guy. He's not a villain like he's 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 this intermediary. If anything, he should have been the main character in season one and then go with Mulder. At least it would have been interesting that way. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, they I mean, obviously, that wasn't what they were trying to do with this show. But but I think by the time you get to Dwayne Barry and I think the Dwayne Barry episodes, these two episodes are so interesting and so good with the little parts that are inside of it. Cause I mean, it's a conspiracy episode, but it is very much a good self-contained episode. Too. Oh yeah. Like these two, these two stories together. So. Yeah, absolutely. And it is, as, as we've mentioned, like it truly does pivot the show in a number of different ways. Like they could have just gone on with like a general government conspiracy, double handedness and, you know, hiding stuff. But I think this really is where they start to, this is the first time that you get the sense that like the government's working with someone or like facilitating some something that is like not totally of this world. And and like the fact that, you know, this leads to the government is working with the aliens. Like we've made connection with them and we're like, they're like, organizing stuff for that like it's just such a bonkers idea yeah i think without like these episodes in the way that they are it just i think the show could have been very boring without this pivot but i think it's clever that the way they go through it is through this character right because Dwayne barry if you want to take it in a real literary sense is this very unreliable narrator you don't know if anything he's saying is true and there's evidence that both of either he is telling everything he's saying is true or none of it's true. And like they present this in a very logical way. Like it actually really makes sense. Plus you have the great Steve Railsback playing oh, this character so and he is so wonderful and like, he's always been good playing crazy characters, but the fact that they managed to like capture his complete mania and in these like quiet, scared moments are really great. Yeah. And it's an amazing performance. The X-Files always had really good, crazy characters and they needed it because like they're dealing with crazy stuff and you need to have people who can portray the idea of possibly being completely reliable and totally unreliable at the same time and there's so many characters like this throughout the course of the show oh yeah yeah but i do think that Dwayne barry might be the best of their crazy characters right yeah Um, yeah i was thinking that today not to pivot but i was thinking that today and the only other person who comes to mind is and you're gonna you're gonna know who plays this guy um is luther lee box yeah brad dorff brad dorff's amazing in that episode and it's the same but it's very much the same thing like yeah yeah and you can point to other like people who played crazy characters whether they were you know brian cranston's great in his Mm -hmm. one episode as a, Mm -hmm. a fairly crazy character 
Um, and then otherwise it's like just like vil- like the villain characters never require the same kind of stuff. Yeah. It's always going to be somebody on the line. Like Luther League Boggs is a villain, but he's still it's still like, is he telling the truth? Is he, you know, what exactly yeah. is going on there? So, yeah, they're both like borderline sympathetic. And I think that is, you know, part of the beauty of it is you you find yourself starting to either doubt them or believe them, depending on which narrative you're in the space of at that time. Yeah. So I, you know, I think that's what really works about this episode in a lot of ways. The whole Dwayne Barry episode, the first episode, the whole episode, most of that episode is this hostage situation. And this is how Mulder gets involved and you kind of start to see what's going on there. But it does create this interesting tension. And Scully's not even there. Like this is just a Mulder specific thing. Mm -hmm. But you learn everything about Dwayne Barry in this period of time. Yeah. And then, you know, and in the meantime, Scully is investigating and finds out that he is not reliable because he has brain damage and all this other stuff. So, yeah, I I think that but I think that this is an interesting way to to then become the gateway episode to the entire vast conspiracy for everybody else, really, because these episodes have all sorts of classic X-Files characters in them. I mean, yeah, smoking man's in there a little bit. Yep. um, But but it's clearly, again, in charge of everything. I mean, Crycheck has tons of great stuff oh. in these episodes. This is and the Crycheck turns episode. It's yeah. the first time you actually find out that Crycheck isn't just some like green, you know, rookie agent that they pair Mulder with when Scully when they get separated. Yeah. Um, and it's just it's the best. And then Crycheck's in like the rest of the show, and he's really important. Totally evil. It's so great. Yeah, but even Crycheck like eventually gets kind of shades. Like he really gets yeah. other stuff to do, even though he for a number of seasons he is just the bad guy. Yeah, he does end up getting a lot to do. So like you're kind of with Crycheck eventually at point. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, but X is in this show, who was yep. the, the follow up to Deep Throat. He's got some stuff to do. Uh, Scully's mom pops up a little bit. Like there's a lot, a lot yeah. going on. Yeah, Sheila Larkin in the entire run of the show, like yeah. entire run. She was married to, and I feel like I'm going to get this wrong, but that maybe he died, but she was married to Bob Goodwin, who was like a f- producer and director very early on in the series. And so she, I think, first shows up in Beyond the Sea, which is like episode five or six. Like it's very early on in season one, I think. Mm. And, you know, she plays Scully's mom through the revival. And yeah. uh, she's right to great. season 11, I think, right? Yeah. And then the other thing that's interesting about this period of time and and the fact that this like kind of the whole show rests on this storyline in these episodes is that part of the reason they did this is because Jillian Anderson, who plays Scully, got pregnant and she needed like a a couple days off. Like she literally took a couple days off to to have her, her kid, but they had to get her out of the show somehow up until the middle of season eight. There were like so few episodes that they weren't both in. It was like they were both in it was like a very rare occasion. And so they created this basically to get her out of work for a little while so that she could have her baby. But then, you know, you have to wonder like, would they have planned this this way or work gotten Scully abducted if she didn't need to, you know, have a few episodes off. It does seem to disrupt the storyline that they were working on for her to then get abducted. (laughs) And then what that, where that story goes exactly. Um, And really like they start to deal with it later on, but once she comes back, they don't really talk about it a lot. Like it just, you know, it's, she isn't like traumatized. She's just like, Hey, I'm back. Yeah. And then they're like next episode. Like, I mean, that's pretty classic X-Files, but like next episode, they're like, I think darkness falls is her first one back. And she kind of like says like, Oh, it's my first one back. That's it. 
And that's about it. Well, they don't and, want the conspiracy stuff to, I think, to, you know, yeah. weave in. I always wondered if like they filmed them in these in this order, because it always seems that way where like the the standalones could kind of fit in wherever because they don't necessarily connect to other stuff. They're just yeah. like another adventure, you know, where then the conspiracy technically has to really follow this same. Thing. Yeah. But well, um, famously in season four, famously, I don't know how famous it is, but famously <laughs> to me um, in season four, Scully gets cancer and they she like gets an indication that she might have cancer in an episode called Leonard Betts, another episode named after the bad guy. And then there's the episode where she goes to it's the guy with the talking tattoo and she like goes and hooks up with this guy. And then it's the episode where she actually finds out she has cancer and they just stuck that one episode in between. And when they filmed it, she didn't know they were going to be in that order. So she has since said that if she knew that Scully thought she might have cancer and then went and slept with this guy, she would have played it differently (laughs) because like, it does seem really random that Scully's like, Oh, I might have like a tumor in my brain. You know what? (laughs) Don't worry about it. I'm going to go do, do me for a little while and then I'll come back and find out what's going on. Like, (laughs) just doesn't make any sense yeah no that's that's what it always seemed odd about that it's the fact that like this whole show does balance it this way like that the show's about aliens very ostensibly like that's what this show is built on and then they were just like we're going to incorporate any other supernatural thing we can think of and that also becomes the show and that is you can see that's the kolchak influence on this show right that like kolchak wasn't a show about aliens that was just about monsters but it clearly was the same template this monster of the week thing and if that show had lasted longer, it's possible they would have built in some bigger story. Now, he was a journalist. It wasn't the same thing. But yeah, it always, I think, was pointed back to as being the real like X-Files thing was yeah. more so than like the Twilight Zone. It was really that. But yeah, yeah, but as far as it comes to these episodes, I mean, I like I like Ascension just because I, I do really like Dwayne Barry. And I think that his arc in that episode is so big and it's so yeah. grand. Like in the first episode, he just seems like a crazy bad guy. And then he gets everything to do in the second. Oh, yeah. Agent Scully has disappeared. Mulder! Was it a government conspiracy? No one can help you now. Or the work of a madman? They took her! Who? Them! The answer is more shocking than anything on Earth. The X-Files, Friday at 9, 8 Central. Because Scully gets abducted. I always thought that was the end of the episode. But that's like the middle of that episode. Yeah. And then it's the the fallout of this where they're just kind of dealing with it. And you can see Dwayne Barry gets to go start. He's going through, you know, the all of this, his kind of guilt about it. And then spoiler alert, Dwayne Barry dies. Like, obviously, Dwayne Barry's not getting obviously. out of this episode. Like, yeah. That's yeah. where this had to go. So yeah. because then this builds into the government, the government's role in everything. Yeah, totally. He's the uh, Lee Harvey Oswald of the situation, right? Like Lee Harvey Oswald was a patsy. <laughs> he did he did his job and then he had to go. That's it. <laughs> he was the, he was the fall guy. It had to be, it had it had to happen. So we're going to talk about the JFK conspiracy real quick. So clearly yeah. Lee Harvey Oswald did not do it. Well, I think we know who did it and it's Cigarette Smoking Man, right? Well, you see now we're back in the X. <laughs> wonderful you see that pivot right back in you're Perfect. welcome because that's always been my favorite cigarette smoking man thing because that's in i believe what musings of a cigarette smoking man yeah i always like that like we're gonna set up his whole character and he is responsible for everything oh my god it's so great just the uh, greatest villain of all time i think you know near and dear to my heart my favorite part of that was that he stopped the bills from winning the super bowl four times <laughs> i couldn't care less what i don't want to see is the bills winning the super bowl as long as i'm alive that doesn't happen could be tough, sir. Buffalo wants it bad. 
So did the Soviets in Haiti. <laughs> oh, cigarette smoking man. But again, like I think once he becomes a real character and he has stuff to do, I think it's great. I think what we, was fun was what we noticed tonight is that how how inconsequential was William B. Davis when they filmed this episode? <laughs> oh my God! In the credits, they list his name as William B. David. <laughs> That's not his name. It's William B. Davis. He's in the first episode of the show, right? So it's not like this is his first day on the job. He's been there for over a year. Oh, my God. Well, what I was a little bit surprised by, and now I'm going to put forth some hot opinions that only people who really pay attention to the X-Files are going to care about. But um, what I was surprised by is when we started these episodes that these were written and directed by Chris Carter, because those are usually the worst episodes. Well, he wrote and directed Dwayne Barry. I think he wrote Ascension, but he didn't direct it. He didn't direct Ascension. No, that that makes sense. I think I still stand by the statement. Like the Chris Carter episodes are the worst episodes. Like (laughs) they're usually the conspiracy episodes. They usually begin with some long, nonsensical monologue. He is the best and worst thing to ever happen to the X-Files. And he ruined it at the end. He ruined it harder than like, unless you're really paying attention, then you probably don't feel this strongly about this. But like, you know how people think the How I Met Your Mother finale ruined How I Met Your Mother? This is that times a hundred. He took the very the last series finale, the very last one that they were ever going to do, and in the last five minutes, he tanked it so hard that he ruined everything that he did before that. Everything to the point where I have to just ignore the fact that that finale happened because it was I, so bonkers. I think that's everyone's take on the last seasons. I think oh. there are good individual episodes in oh, those last too. seasons, but the 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 ending is bad but i think most people just ignore that this happened i think they still think of what was it like the 2002 finale as the finale yeah uh they nobody even realizes the second movie existed and then the reboot seasons have a couple good moments and that's it disagree the second movie was great and I no am, one knew that thing came out i'm very happy they did the revival i actually thought it was moving in a decent direction until the last episode like it was fine it was good it was fine it seemed to expand on things it got a little weird, but then it got too weird. And I bring this up because it, it comes back to Cigarette Smoking Man. They got too excited, did too much with him, mm. and uh, got him too involved in what was going on. And the only other like evidence of this that I can point to in the first nine seasons of the show, which we should probably stick to because that's really what the show is. Maybe. Um, in season seven, there was an episode written and directed by William B. David, <laughs> William B. Davis, in which he like, half kidnaps Scully, but she's into it and like takes her on a vacation and they're looking for like a, I don't know, they're trying to get some secret message disc from some guy and he like buys her a dress and she wears it. It's like, it's not Scully at all. It's a not, it's just like this crazy fantasy of this guy who played a villain this whole time who wants to convince people that the villain was good. And I can't believe they let him do that. It was yeah. terrible. There are missteps. I, I would say, I think along the way, like I think the X-Files overall, great show, but I mean, you know, network show, they had to fill a lot of airtime. Bill Davis shows up. He's like, look at, I want to do this one episode. They're like, go ahead. We need an hour, you know, go for it. We got to do 20 of these a year. It's killing us. So <laughs> uh, no, but I do think that Dwayne Barry is a solid Chris Carter episode considering, you know, who we're talking about. They had a lot more talent. And oh, on yeah. the writing and directing end of that show, a lot of, lot of talented people came out of the X-Files. Yeah. So seasons one and two, one, two and three, I think, were uh, heavy on the Morgan and Wong episodes. That's uh, Glenn Morgan and James Wong. Of course, most famously, you get into the mid years of the show, which in my opinion, and I think most people's opinions are the best years, three to I mean, I will go right to the end of seven. I'll even go into eight a little bit. But no. 
three <laughs> three to seven are like just the the golden age of the of the show. And you've got uh, you know, Darren Morgan, whose episodes are all incredible. Um, and of course, Vince Gilligan, who then went on to do Breaking Bad. Yeah. And just like ep- any episodes that they work on were just like mind blowingly good. I mean, let's not uh, downplay the con- uh, the contribution of Uncle Frank himself. Oh, Frank Spotnitz. Frank Spotnitz. Oh, my God. Yes. Who Frank Spotnitz. Amazing. Also did a lot of great work on that show. Um, yeah. Yeah. James Wong. Nailed it. Well done. I'm Thank not you. even going to clean that up. We're going to leave that whole mess as it was. <laughs> James <clean>. Wong. <laughs> What's his brother's name? Like Darren Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And we're they're, back. To I'm pretty sure they're brothers. I think that's true. I think they are brothers, right? Yeah. Darren Morgan does not have a lot of credits in anything. I don't know what the story is, but that guy wrote legitimately like four or five of the greatest hours of television on the X-Files and yes. has virtually no other credits anywhere in entertainment. And I don't understand that. Yeah. No. what. And he played two of the best villains on the X-Files. Can you name both of them? Uh, he was in Small Potatoes. He was. Who, Eddie Van Blunt. Which is an incredible episode. So great. And he played one of the monsters, but I don't remember which one. He played the fluke man. Oh, that is a good one. <laughs> the like human sized fluke worm in like one of the more famous and grosser episodes. I remember when we uh, when we found that random bar in Chicago that had the X-Files pinball game. Yes. There's one part where you like it has like the little like the digital old style screen. This is like a, a 90s pinball machine. As you're playing it, there is a part where the fluke man comes up and like a little digital scully climbs out of the sewer. It's really, <laughs> really good. So. Uh... Yeah, no, I mean we, not to correct you, but that was Mulder. Scully wasn't in the suit. Mulder was. I thought that. Oh, I just remember the the yeah animation. the little person climbing out. Yeah, no, yeah. it was so great. And like, I find that a lot of the old school like X Files merch that you see, like the pinball machines, and like they came after season two, where the show like I picked up the show in season four, and so there felt like a distinct difference between people who had watched it, maybe not from the beginning, but when all the merch started to come out, that was like season two. It was all episodes that when I started getting into, I had never seen because you mm. couldn't watch them. But I think that's where like people really started to appreciate and be excited about and want T-shirts and books and uh, pinball machines devoted to the X-Files. I don't think it can really be understated how popular that show was, considering what it was. Like yeah. it was not your regular procedural show. It was a show you I clearly could have jumped into and watched, but I don't know if people knew that. Like when I was that age when that show was on i never watched it because i really thought it was a it was so complicated because what you always heard was that there was this big complicated story to it and entertainment weekly loved the x-files so the x-files was in it all the time and this was when i was really into entertainment weekly so like they would talk like i would read little things about it but i never watched it because i was just like there's no way i'm gonna be able to understand what the hell's going on yeah and back then there was no way to watch an hour show once it had been on like syndication for hour shows basically didn't exist yeah. At that time, like, I don't know where the hell what its syndication even was, you know, I mean, I'm sure it had it. But, you know, for me, syndication was just reruns of sitcoms. Yeah. So I so like I think that was it's amazing how popular that show was in its pop culture way. Yeah. Considering it was an hour network show. Yeah. I mean, I think there's something about the fact that like inside the episodes, they're just so compelling and entertaining that. I watched it for years and didn't know what was going on. Like, I didn't understand how things fit together. I even still struggle with it. And I've been watching the show since, well, I said season four. So that was what, 97, 97. Yeah. I've been a fan of the show for that long. But I remember there was a, when the movie came out, which was between seasons 
five and six there I, I had the soundtrack to the movie and if you played the last song and then waited like 10 minutes you know how they used to do this on cds yeah there, there was a hidden track and the hidden track was just chris carter trying to explain the conspiracy <laughs> i remember listening to that and being like I still don't understand. Like, <laughs> what's a syndicate? What are you talking about? Like, but he had this whole, but in his Chris Carter way where he like thinks it's all really clear, but it all, it doesn't make any sense what he's saying. Sure. But yeah. And, and that was, I think to try and help people because no one knew what he was doing. They should have done that uh, every year. Yes. <laughs> they just kept putting that out. Like, yes. you know, they should have the Chris Carter radio hour and he would just come on and answer questions. Cause yeah. man. Cause even now I'm like, what was the black oil all about? Yeah. <laughs> You know, the thing is, we I didn't see it again until I met you. So, like, we didn't watch it all the way through and finish it until I lived in Chicago, right? Like, so it was years yeah. it took to watch the whole show. Because, I mean, even though it's it's not, there's not that many episodes of the show. There's 200 episodes or something. Yeah. It was still still an hour show. Like, that still takes a lot of time unless you're putting in a ton of time. Yeah. And we don't just sit and tend to watch all days of television. So, we don't really yeah. get through stuff that way. But, like, we watched it to that point, And, like, I have no idea what happened like there were super soldiers and yeah like just who the different people how they connected to things like who yeah. Marita Covarrubias even really was I just have no idea like none yeah. of it makes sense there were two different kinds of of super soldiers two yeah. of them <laughs> yeah there was the guy who was like faceless and then there was the yeah. guy from Firefly um yeah yeah Adam, Adam Baldwin Baldwin like, yeah, yeah those were both super soldiers but different kinds of super soldiers I, I guess the first one they called the alien bounty hunter but he existed before he had his face sewn up. And then to protect him from the black oil, he sewed his face up. Sure. And th that was the same guy. Same guy. That was the same group of people. I don't know. For a while, they were like the people various people who get like kidnapped or get abducted. And then which of those was actually abductions and yes. which weren't. Uh, I mean, the, con the thing that is confusing for me is part of the core premise of the show is that Mulder sees his sister get abducted by aliens when he's young. And his sister disappears. She never comes up, right? And so you think you he finds her a number of different times over the course of the of the series. It never really works out. And then they have an episode in season seven called Closure because this is when Duchovny was leaving the show. So they were going to wrap like that part of Mulder's storyline. And it turns out she just like got abducted by people. And like they did do tests on her, but it wasn't aliens. And then she died. Right. And you were like, so none of that was true. But yeah. so she wasn't abducted by aliens, but Scully was abducted by aliens. But they both got tests, but they were different tests. What? And again, another point where they they took this thing they've been building for seven years and were like, eh, we'll just kind of squash that. We'll just squash it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I think I just like the standalones. And I think that the standalones are great. And there's a good there's good standalones that are still related to alien stuff that don't necessarily tie into this. Yeah. I'm not going to get into Jose Chung's from outer space, oh. but it is the greatest hour of television of all time. Agree. And it's a, a thoroughly alien episode. Yes. But I think that was always the thing with me is that like, while I don't really like procedural shows uh, like cop shows or hospital shows, things or, or even like law and orders, I don't particularly enjoy it because I just I rather have characters that build up in a storyline that goes somewhere. Uh, I think the X-Files is a little different just because the main storyline was so complicated. But then yeah. you just kind of follow it in this way and it just sort of worked. I mean, I think that's part of what's interesting about this show is like I picked it up. I watched like one episode and knew I was like, well, I need to keep watching this. And then I just watched it from there on out. And it doesn't connect to anything else I'm into. Like if I told you the other shows or movies or whatever that I like, you would never be like, oh, but your favorite show must be The X-Files. Like, it doesn't make any sense. But it's just so damn good. Like, it's just so entertaining. 
and interesting and like there's always like weird stuff to find out and I, I don't know nothing kind of makes sense which makes it more interesting I don't know well my theory was always that you were into this show just because of the shipping aspect of it well I was hoping we could avoid talking about that but yes that's <laughs> accurate <laughs> I mean again it's a very entertaining show if you go through the just the plots and the fun kind of monsters yeah. and aliens and whatnot but Kolchak didn't have a girlfriend <laughs> and there's no point in that show where you're trying to see if Kolchak's going to end up with like a secretary but the X-Files I don't think really leaned into the whole Mulder Scully thing until until fans were really wanted it yeah right? yeah because the early yeah. years that's not part of it no 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 and, and Chris Carter was like actively against it like he would go in interviews and be like no this is not a thing that's happening and then by the end he was like yes they're in love <laughs> Because he just like people warm down. I don't know. I don't know who convinced him, but thank you to whoever did because they're adorable. Yes, of course. But to your point, it does unravel the show. Like it doesn't really help things by the end of the original run of the show. And it certainly doesn't help anything in the in the reboot seasons where they mostly throw it away for, yeah. for large parts of it. Yeah. Even though I mean, they have can... a child and like there's a lot. The, the second can, movie, like, like they're clearly together. Like it's. I you know. feel like you can feel Chris Carter's hatred for the fact that he had to do this in the way that he treats it because he breaks them up every chance that he gets. He yeah. separates them and like every single chance that he, he gets. The fact yeah. that he broke them up in the second movie when that was the first time that they actually like referred to each other saying like I some some version of using the love word mm -hmm. and I remember Joe and I went to see it at midnight with some friends because obviously that's what we did the day it came out and when that happened when I think Scully says to Mulder like well they're talking about him being difficult or something and she goes well that's why I fell in love with you we all went <gasps> like cause they had never done that before and then he was like well that's why we can't be together and we were like oh <laughs> like <laughs> this moment where we're like yay and like immediately crushed their our hopes and dreams and that's that's who he was he yep. is that's, that's chris carter just setting the theater on fire oh it was terrible <laughs> but yeah that was always my theory because as we've been uh together all of this time i've tried to just like suss out what i think you would enjoy when we yes. about shows or whatever right but i've never thought like you know what you'd probably be into is like millennium you know or like yes. Anything that's really, you know, that would really lean onto this monster alien thing. That's clearly not the it's part not of this that you were really into, even though it is a very entertaining part of the show. I think the fact that I went through a very uh, intense bones phase as well will point to <laughs> what, what my jams are. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I tried to watch the Lone Gunman show. I tried really hard. <laughs> and I couldn't do it. We got to sit down and just give it a shot. I know I love the Lone Gunman. There's, oh. only, one, there's only one season and the Gunmen are really entertaining. Yeah. To get back to Dwayne Barry in a century. Yes. Again, I still I don't think we've quite covered all the yeah. aspects of that. Those episodes. So the Dwayne Barry episode as what that is. Uh, and then by the end of that, Dwayne Barry gets shot in the chest. So to keep in mind, the entire second episode of this, Dwayne Barry has an open chest wound. <laughs> he sure does. And yet he is completely invincible to everything that happens. They like put a bandaid over it and gave him some water. Literally, that's what they did. That's it. He's passed out in the uh, in the hospital room. He wakes up thinking that the aliens have come. And so he gets the strength of, of 10 Grinches and runs out of there. Yep. And then goes and kidnaps Scully. And I believe that's how Dwayne Barry ends. Yeah. But then very quickly, they go to uh, Skyland Mountain uh, and he offers Scully up to the to the alien overlords. And then from there, it's the rapid descent of Dwayne Barry. But yeah. through no fault of the sucking chest wound, 
that no. he is at all time evidencing with his giant blood spot on his chest. Yes. He doesn't even limp or stumble. Like he seems like a re- you forget he has a chest wound. Yeah. Uh, he kills a cop at one point, not through like combat. He shoots him, but like right. kills a cop. Uh, he's driving erratically. Like he seems fine. He still broke into Scully's apartment through the window. Yes. <laughs> Very violently. He doesn't, you know, he crashes through the window and then yeah. abducts her bodily. So and she's a federal agent. Like yeah. she's trained. But then, you know, from there pretty quickly downhill but yeah. pretty weird i'd say the way that that man is, is he just imbued with i don't know supernatural ability at this point i, I, I don't, don't think they ever reference it i think they're just like yeah he got yeah. out of here i think this also points to the idea very early on that he's not going to survive this yes that i don't yes. think that this is going to become like because as i don't i didn't remember how this ended but i i figured he died but i couldn't think how exactly that happened yeah well, and so then, kills him it's Krychek. kills him yeah even though, at like most of this part, most of these episodes, you think Krychek is uh, is still a good guy. It's not yeah. until the second episode. Well, I mean, Krychek's only been around for a few episodes at this point because he gets entered. So at the end of season one, they close the X Files, and Scully is assigned to Quantico. This is when Jillian Anderson was like a gajillion months pregnant, so she's always behind a desk or whatever. And Krychek is Mulder's new partner, but he's only on a couple episodes with him. Like they don't do very many, and then this happens, and and you see that he's been like assigned to work with Mulder. I actually think it was more of a like what they tried to do with Scully because the whole idea of, of assigning Scully to Mulder was that she would debunk his work and like keep an eye at blah, blah, blah. But I don't think they ever tried to like bring her into the like evil government part of it. But they just thought she would like keep him under wraps. Uh, and she did not. But Krychek was like a literal double agent. So but should we talk kill, about- He kills Dwayne Barry. He does. He kills yeah. Dwayne Barry- Get, gets him out of there and then he disappears by the end of the episode, Crycheck. Yeah. Because Mulder figures out what's going on. Like, is Crycheck out of the show for a while or does, is this when he reappears in Russia or, or wherever that is? Well, that's not until season four. I think yeah. Crycheck's back before then. He comes back in season three, tied in with, I can't remember if it's the finale or the two parter in the middle of season three. But you remember the thing with the ice and the the spaceship and the ice and it like raises and lowers? Crycheck's tied in with that. Oh. And then for a while, he's locked in that in like a cave somewhere with the black oil that might be at the end of Tunguska and Terma. I don't remember, but he does come back in season three. Like he comes back another. See, I think the thing is the thing with Krychek is that after this, he's never like allowed around again. You know what I mean? Like he's always clearly a villain. Like yeah. he's not just at the FBI offices and he's a, sh- and he's a shady character. Like he's yeah. clearly a bad guy. Yes. And there aren't really a lot of characters like that on this show where everybody is doing duplicitous shit right out in the open. And Krychek is like really sneaking around and then like murdering people. Like, and he's, you know, he becomes this kind of assassin sort of, you know. Yeah. Oh, he kills Mulder's father. Oh, that's season two though, isn't it? Yeah. The end of season two, I think. Oh, oh. So Krychek's coming back soon. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I forgot about that. But see that even that, like he's not around. He just shows up and does stuff because he's still on the the cigarette smoking man's payroll or whatever. Payroll. Yeah. He's hiding in Mulder's dad's shower. What's his name? Like Bill Mulder? <laughs> no, that is his name. Oh, Bill Mulder. Yeah. <laughs> uh. Those were the most paranoid people I have ever met. I don't know how you could think that what they say is even remotely plausible. I think it's remotely plausible that someone might think you're hot. Should we talk about our connection to these episodes? I, I mean, this is what I've been waiting for. I, so I think that if you had to point to X-Files episodes where there was some significance to us, right? When the show first came back in the reboot, 
the first episode aired, I believe we were in Seattle. We were. Right? But on this same trip, maybe because of that, we drove up to Vancouver, Which, where most of the original show is filmed. Yeah. Up one until five. When, like season six? Season six was the first one in LA. Yeah. But this particular episode uh, was filmed... Uh, the, the the Skyline Mountain part takes place in Virginia so that everybody can get around. I mean, most of the show is set in Washington or yeah. you know some random locale in the United States that suspiciously looks like Vancouver. Yeah. But this episode was filmed in part, at least, in this very noticeable part of Vancouver. Yeah. So, I mean, there there's a famous sequence um, where there, Mulder's trying to beat Dwayne Barry to the top of the mountain and he gets on the gondola and he like, you know, speeds up the gondola and the the operator's telling him, you got to slow down and it's going to jump the wire and it's all. And then Krychek, this is when Krychek does his first double cross. This is where you learn Krychek is not a not a good guy. He kind of alludes to it early because he's on the phone and Mulder starts to go to the mountain and says, you know, oh, I'll slow him down. But you, it could be Skinner that he's talking to so that like the FBI can catch up to him or whatever because they're kind of doing stuff against the rules. But no, this is where you learn Krejcik definitely double crosser because he hits the operator in the head with a with a gun and uh, stops it. He stops the gondola right next to the top. So Mulder climbs out of the gondola, like climbs up to the top. Krejcik starts it again. Mulder like almost falls off the gondola. He's hanging from the gondola and it's looking out over like this beautiful sunset and mountains. And like, it's a very, it, it's an iconic like looking scene and like a, a known moment and sequence in the, in the show. And so when we were in Vancouver, we were like, well, we got to get on that gondola. So we did. <laughs> yeah. It it's, this, so nice. it's like this ski resort at what was it grouse mountain grouse mountain yeah. yeah so we went there just to like see this and we it was like you know we didn't go there to ski and it, but it was january so there were people skiing yeah <laughs> but we just crammed into one of these big gondolas and went up to the like the lodge and and just hung out but like you know you look at the show and like see the parts that were clearly filmed there and we're like oh we were definitely right there like totally th we parked our car right there <laughs> we did yeah. yeah it was it was crazy but it was insanely beautiful like Van really nice vancouver from what I, we, we were only there for like half a day but yeah. it was really beautiful but they're like some of the best pictures i've ever taken from the top yeah. of this mountain like so beautiful but i guess we should go back to vancouver at some point i'm sure we could find x-files locations oh yeah um i do want to go to that park that they show in yeah forehead sweat episode with the big laughing statues because that's yeah. like this i guess fairly famous thing in vancouver now i don't know when they built that yeah. But the only other thing we did in Vancouver X-Files wise is we did go to the Ovaltine Cafe, which has the long sequences from uh, Jose Chung in it. And uh, I don't I think we just had ice cream, right? They yeah. didn't actually have pie. No, we were going to get pie because that's what Mulder got. He got yeah. But man, that pie. neighborhood is shot. Oh, my God. I wanted to get out of there so hard. It was rough. Like across the street seemed like, I don't know, it was like a burned out. <laughs> like it's bad. Yeah. And there's just there's like kind of sad shambling people hanging around in this part of Vancouver. Yeah. But yeah, so it wasn't real fun to be to be around. But if you ever get to Vancouver, the Ovaltine Cafe looks exactly the same. Like crazy. that has not changed at all. No. In all no. these years. I could not believe how similar it looked, actually. I couldn't believe it either. Like, the stools look the same, and it's like that great big long counter, and then behind yeah. the counter, there's, like, the little wooden, like, drawers where they yeah. would keep, like, food, sort of. Yeah. Like, the little shelf. It's really, really uh, something. So. So great. So that was pretty good. But, like, these are these the X-Files connections to episodes. Yeah. <laughs> I would say we have. Amazing. That time we ascended to the stars. Oh, so Skyland great. Mountain. Grouse Mountain. So... 
Dwayne Barry and Ascension. Where do you think this ranks as far as the two-parters are concerned? Mm. I, I, I don't have... A, see, again, the two-parters are mostly conspiracy things, so they're not real high on my list of things. Like, I like Dreamland as a two-parter, but that's clearly not connected to a conspiracy. Yeah. Not really. Do you have a favorite one? Mm. For me, the best... It's a three-parter. Gethsemane, Redux, and Redux 2. Like, that's the best sequence. Like, the one where... It, spoiler alert. Mulder fakes his death, and then Scully gets like really sick from her cancer and then her cancer gets cured oh it's the best i watched it like i had just started watching the episode the x-files in the middle of season four during the tempest fugit max two-parter which is also great so this was like the first like season finale i ever watched and it's it was incredible. It was so exciting. You know, it, it ends with Scully saying that Mulder killed himself. Like, obviously he didn't, but I was like, oh, what's happened? Like, it was, <laughs> how are they going to do this? And I had to wait a whole summer. It was terrible. I loved it so much. A lot yeah, of drama. That's by far my favorite. I mean, again, I really do like Dwayne Barry. I like the one with Max Fennig. Yeah, it's Tempest Fugit and Max. Tempest Fugit and Max. I always I like that one just because I think there's a lot of fun visuals in that one. Yeah, it's all stuff with the planes and yes. like you know kind of crazy stuff going on. Yeah, that's one I always like that I immediately will think of is that. And like Tunguska and Terma's fun. You know, so good. Yeah, but mostly yeah. two parters aren't really my my jam. Oh, I love the two parters, the Blessing Away and Paperclip, where Mulder has to like that's where Kretchik kills his dad, and then he like goes and convenes with the Native American tribe and like they bring him back to life. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> so what about one-off crazy characters? Like, so let's say Dwayne Barry counts as that, even though he's in the two episodes, but he's still a one-off character in a lot yeah, of Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. He's not somebody who, who hangs around. Do you have other uh, Luther Lee Boggs? I mean, there's villains. I think there's like, there's fun villains on that show, but yeah. a lot of times they're not overtly crazy. Like, yeah. like Pusher. He's not that crazy. yeah. He just has he's, this ability. He's a sort he's sort of a psychopath. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Right. I mean, he's not a normal person, but he's not like <laughs> he's not a Looney Tune like like Dwayne Barry is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I kind of like DPO. Do you remember DPO? Yeah. Darren the, Peter Oswald or something like that. Yeah. He has like a he's like electric. He yeah, can, he can like channel lightning. Yeah. That was who played G DPO? Giovanni Rabisi? Yeah. 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 And Jack Black was in that episode. Yeah. I like when they like random people who will pop up like Lily Taylor pops up. Yes. Oh, what's his name? Oh, he pops up in Jay Sweat. Will Sasso. Oh, Will Sasso. Yeah. The guy in the wheelchair who won't who won't wish to be out of the wheelchair. <laughs> and the genie keeps being like, um, your wheelchair. <laughs> the other guy wishes for a boat. So there's this <laughs> giant boat in his driveway. <laughs> Jay oh, Sweat's that a great episode. Great. Oh, it's so yeah. good. But no, all things like or um oh um in Milagro, that's um oh. Academy Award nominee John Hawks, right? Yes, John Hawks. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, he's, and he's I mean he's not a crazy character. He's great on that show. Oh, he's so good. Yeah, so yeah, always fun to bring up some random like future stars essentially who popped up on here. And th th that wasn't a show that had a lot of that, but there's an enough significant people that you can point to. Yeah, especially once they moved to LA, yeah. you get six and seven, you get more of that. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they had to convince people to make the trek up to Vancouver. Come to Vancouver. Yeah. Where does uh where does does Dwayne Barry and Ascension even rank in season two? So now the problem with 94 is that you get the second half of season one and the beginning of season two. So yeah. that's why it's cut down this way. So the so the second Tombs episode was in 
I think pretty early season two, which is I think it was after they were back, but it was the second tombs episode or late season one. I can't remember which, but it probably would have landed in 94. Not the first one, not squeeze squeeze, but tombs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which is also great. Like squeeze gets all the like cred, but tombs is a great episode. Hmm. And the, the finale is like so crazy. He like dies in the, escalator oh yeah Um, yeah yeah uh i mean the the season one to season two like finale is pretty good it's um the erlenmeyer flask where deep throat dies and then little green men which is where Mulder goes to the observation center or whatever in i think in mexico or somewhere in central america oh yeah um and tries to like receive messages from aliens it's the noho on the rojo episode that's right noho on the rojo yeah 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 well i think we're forgetting about the scullyless episode Three. Oh God, no, we don't talk about that. Not three. No, because isn't it like Mulder's like banging hot vampires? One hot vampire. <laughs> One is too many. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Yeah. You know what I was reading today about this? I was reading about that episode, and it was Perry Reeves who played the the vampire in that episode, who he was dating at the time. But the other, there was another episode that had one of David Duchovny's former girlfriends. I don't think they were dating at the time, but was a former girlfriend. And it was the woman who played Janice on Friends. Oh. My. God. Oh, really? And I was like, get, get, get out of here. I have no idea. I'd never read that before. Well, I think this is why Mimi Rogers ends up on the X-Files. Because wasn't like Duchovny and Mimi Rogers were a thing at one point I before think so, the yeah. X-Files. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they were in the rapture together. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's the other thing we haven't mentioned about about the Dwayne Barry episode is Mulder's first appearance in this episode. <laughs> Best part of this episode. You were very excited when this came over. <laughs> you like, oh, I forgot it was this episode. <laughs> I was doing that for you. Yeah, no, the famous Red Speedo episode is this episode where like for some reason, well, okay, we know why because it's urgent. There's a hostage situation. <laughs> like for some reason, Krychek finds Mulder in the pool but it's because there's a hostage situation. So Mulder's like swimming, swimming fine. And uh, Krychek is like, Mulder, I, I need you. So he like, they make him do like the most flattering if you are in shape and most unflattering thing you can make a human do, which is climb out of a pool in your bathing suit. <laughs> and they make him do that in his little red speedo. It's, yeah, people really enjoyed it. 94 Duchovny was in very... I think he's always in good shape. Oh, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen a picture of him not in shape. He's like a vegan. He doesn't yeah. drink. We uh, we met Duchovny, and I we remember did. that his skin felt like butter. <laughs> we've yeah. actually met... A, we met Scully, too. We've, yeah, we've we actually did. met a bunch of X-Files people, which should yeah. not come as a surprise after we've rambled on across this whole episode. But um, I, I believe my picture of us with Scully was my Facebook header for years. Yeah. Where it's, it's great. you and Scully are hanging out in the foreground and I'm in the background uh, just pointing up Batmaning as we. Yeah. Used yeah. Yeah. We had this bit in mind. And when we and she was she did this like uh, it was a charity event connected to DePaul because um, yeah. she was in Chicago filming something filming crisis, I think crisis. Yeah. yeah. Um, that show you were on. One and of my five extra credits. Yeah. Yes. Um, dead man in a body bag. Dead That's guard right. in a body bag. Guard. Dead guard. I was a, I was a bad guy. I was like, a, oh. I, was, I was technically one of like the team that was kidnapping those kids or whatever oh, that's right and then i got killed and thrown in a body bag but you can't see my face i was they for some reason threw the body in a bag with the mask still on yes <laughs> but that's clearly Thank my you. hairline she's doing this charity event where she did this talk and then she did pictures and and people were just like she was just spending time and we were at the end of the line and 
we were like, oh my God, what are we going to do? And so I said, so when we got up there, I said to her like, oh, he's just going to do something behind us, which is this thing that we do in pictures that a friend of ours started, which is you point at the sky and look up. I don't know. It's just something we do. Something to do in the background of pictures. Yeah. In the background of pictures. Um, But we often do it in the foreground like weirdos, but, but he was going to do it in the background of the picture. And it was like a, an inside joke and something that we thought would be funny. Of course, she was not in on the joke and she was very weirded out when I first said, don't worry, he's just going to do something behind us. Not I, mean, I don't think we weirded her out too much because when we came up and said, uh, hey, we've got this idea for something we want to do. And then I said, you two are going to take this be up here. And she was like, so what do you want us to do? Make out? Yeah, that's, that's what she said. That is she what was she cool. Said. Like she wasn't like so weirded out that she was no. like, oh, OK, I think she was a little suspicious about what Joe was going to do behind us. But I yes, she did offer though, to make out. I do think if you had said, yeah, we're going to make out. I think you could have made out with Scully. <sighs> Missed opportunity. Duchovny was not having it. We were also the last people in that line. Yeah. Because we yeah. were like late or something. We, were late, that we did a bad job. We were like sprinting down the like aisle to try and yeah. get to him. Because we saw there was no line left. So we're like, oh, no, like this is he's going to leave. But we we raced yeah. in and got that picture. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm going to need you to cut this episode down a lot. No, we're leaving all of this in. I'm, I'm very embarrassed. Every random story we've talked about. Anything. <laughs> just everything that uh, we can manage to cram uh. I can't believe that on dealer's choice, I chose to talk about the X-Files. This was my decision. I was I was prepared to talk about Ernest Scared Stupid. <laughs> That's where I was going to go. I mean, on the show, Joe has made me talk about boxers and assassinations and just a lot of stuff that I don't know anything about. He made me talk about Justin Bieber for like a long time. And uh, I wanted to get into my own wheelhouse for a minute. That's what the dealer's choice is all about. Yeah. Speed so. the X-Files. I mean, if you keep winning these dealers' choices, we're going to have to really, you know, find some deep catalog uh, Sarah things. I mean, Friends is up next, right? Oh, boy. We already did Blackout Thursday, but, like, I could do a whole episode on Friends. Well, I mean, we have to, I guess we, if we do the beginning, we do those first couple episodes. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. you know, 94 is kind of odd that way, is that I think a lot of your shows really come kind of, right then, but then going forward, but these aren't the greatest times for e any of those shows. No. Like 94 is not prime friends or prime yeah. X-Files really. Well, I was pretty young in 94. Yeah. yeah. So I, I actually kind of hate to end this episode, but I think we've covered it. I mean, we haven't, I have a lot more to say about the X-Files, but I think this is enough. Do you want to just list all of your favorite X-Files episodes while we, we ride out to sunset here? <laughs> I can give it a shot. You know, this is not my strength. Just That's recalling true. things, but yep. yes, bad blood. Jose Chung's from Outer Space, uh, Clyde Bruckman's Final Repose. Thanks, uh, everybody. Dehan Deverlets. Really appreciate uh, you uh, Redux, coming out. Redux, Redux to 2, Max, Tempest Fugit, Sarah's Dealer's Choice, Sleepwalkers, One More Time, uh, Beyond the Sea, uh, the Pilot. It was amazing. I swear uh, we would talk about <laughs> squeeze, Quentin Tarantino tombs, movies. We would talk about sea. Forrest Gump. Uh, did I say Beyond the Sea already? Beyond the Sea twice. Don't Joe even care. Joe wins one of these. Uh, oh, uh, over Closure, Scene, Unzi. Look, I know Woody Allen's problematic. That's how you say it, but that's how I say it. Still want to uh, talk about oh, it. Uh, uh, Thief is a great episode. Jazz uh, Can't forget about that. <laughs> Um, uh, you gotta talk about oh, Gethsemane. Uh, you gotta talk about. All right, guys, uh, we're gonna get out of here. Wango, Wango. This has been it. Happened one year. Please take a minute to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever they allow ratings. Please follow us on Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, follow us on all relevant social media. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs>